Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Welcome to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services right here out of the great town of Eastland, Texas, where we don't hit fall. We go straight from summer to winter months. Um, But uh, I have a very special guest today. I was kind of giving him a hard time. I said, I don't know how to introduce you appropriately. Uh, We call you our pocket tax attorney. Um, But but really, that is what he is. Um, Mr. Kyle Post. He is an LLM, uh, which is something that I I will tell you the first LLM I ever met, Kyle, I was just sitting there in my seat and I thought, I don't think I understand anything that they say. So so I know you know a lot more than us, um, but that is why we need you in our court. We're excited to have you as as part of our planning team in a lot of cases that we work on with the families that, that we serve. And uh, you, you have done a lot of work, I know, in that area of, of helping families preserve their wealth, pass it on, keep their tax efficiency as, as low as they can, avoid probate. Um, also, I, I, and we were just talking about this before we jumped on the show, the charitable realm. You're very, uh, very versed in, in multiple areas there, whether it be from helping families just give more to setting up 501c3s. And so you've got a, a vast of education and, and we might let you call yourself a Texan. I'm not well, sure. thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you know, as proud Texans, but you are from uh, Arizona. So uh, just really appreciate uh, appreciate you being able to serve both our Arizona and our Texas clients. So thanks. I'm happy to help. And I appreciate you guys looping me in on this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know you've got a great outline for us. The myths. I mean, this kind of like gives you that eerie feel that it should be after Halloween miss and mistakes of estate planning. Cause that can kind of look like ugly Halloween. If you think about it. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. But uh, you gave us a, a good little seven items to work through here. So hopefully we're able to, to hit them all. But um, I know, you know, as an attorney, I can only imagine how good of a poker face you guys must have because <laughs> when people come to you, and I would imagine it's usually when they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, most of the time, right? Yeah, usually <laughs> if, if that soon, sometimes a lot later than that. But Yep, if that soon. So, And they don't have a will. How, how's that work? Yeah, so a lot of people come and say, oh, we hadn't thought about this. We didn't want to think about it. It's not pleasant to think about, uh, but we know we need to do something. We don't know what that is. And so I uh, take that opportunity to help help them get a plan in place. And one thing I'll say that's not on this list is that a lot of people don't think about estate planning. They don't, for whatever reason, they're just, they don't understand it. They're worried about it. Uh, But, you know, everybody should have an estate plan in place. I don't think that means that everybody needs a trust or a complicated estate plan, but they should at least think about it. And just as a brief uh, segue into that, for example, A lot of people have retirement accounts, bank accounts, and a home or maybe not a home. And so you really don't need a trust or even a will for a lot of that stuff because you can use beneficiary designations as long as you've thought about who the beneficiary should be and made sure that your beneficiary designations are updated. So sometimes we talk about estate planning as if it's something that only rich people do or something very complicated. But really, to me, it's just thinking about 
what you want to have happen and figuring out the simplest way to achieve those goals. To get it done. We had a lady on a digital estate wrangler not so long ago, and she did a great job. And I forget the the amount of time she told us that it takes to settle an estate now without a, with, you know, just even going through probate, but much less if you don't have anything in place and it's hundreds, if not thousands of hours that it takes you to clean things up. And, and we know that firsthand, you know, working with people and when we don't have uh, all the, all the beneficiary designations in place or things because people are reluctant or can't make up their mind and it just makes a huge difference. So I love how you put that. Have an estate plan. It doesn't necessarily mean that you got a will and a trust and all this, but you need to have an estate plan. That's really good. That's really good. So I know, so obviously um, that probably addresses a lot of people in life. And then there's, there's a a lot of people that are really concerned about what the government's going to take from them when they're gone, what their family doesn't get to keep. So you talk to us a little bit about that. This item came up, a a good friend of mine passed away a couple of years ago and his wife was, or his son was talking to me about the, the mom. So it was the dad died and mom survived and the son was talking to me and said my mom's talking about giving me all of her stuff and we got to do all this because the government's going to come take half of everything when because he died and I said all right well let's hold on a second here you know I, I'm not a big fan of taxes but you know right now we do have very favorable estate tax laws if you can call the existence of an estate tax favorable but <laughs> we have uh, you know, a person can die with 12.92 million dollars before they owe any estate tax and so the reality is uh, that less than 1% of the country probably has to worry about estate taxes. It's, a, it's an issue that gets brought up a lot in the media, and probably rightfully so, but uh, most of us are not going to have to worry about estate taxes. So for a married couple, you can have you know, close to $26 million right now before you owe any estate tax. And so that takes a lot of people out of the realm of needing to do estate tax planning, and they can just focus on estate planning, which is where do they want their stuff to go and how do they want it to be handled. And how to get there efficiently. And how to do it the (laughs) easiest and most efficient way. That's right. That's right. You know, um, well, and and to add to that, there's a ton of other taxes, other ways to to get them going, right? Um, With with especially amount of IRA assets and 401k assets that are out there today. It's unreal. And people don't realize um, how much taxation that could mean for your heirs. So yeah. And I think, you know, for most of us, the income tax side of it is really the most important tax side that we can talk about. And you mentioned qualified money like 401ks and IRAs. And those really, from an estate planner's point of view, those are probably the least desirable assets for estate planning because they come with built-in tax inefficiencies, meaning that as the distributions are going to be taken by the beneficiaries, they're going to be subject to income tax, whereas other assets uh, wouldn't be subject to tax if when they're withdrawn by the beneficiaries. And we'll, we can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Issue yeah. We could say, what, what should I do about that? And we say, well, that's why you come see us. Exactly. So <laughs> that's the reason. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about, let's back up just a second on the estate tax laws. Cause I think this is important for people to know. So we got this really healthy, almost $26 million between a couple that they can pass on to their kids today. And uh, that number set currently now, not saying that, you know, Washington and its little ever so often pendulum swing can't change things, but that number set to do what when? Because I think this is important for people to know. 
Oh, definitely is. This is there's a big change coming. It was written into the law change that happened effective 2018 with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which gave us these high exemptions that we have now. Written into that was a sunset provision that basically says as of January 1st, 2026, the exemption gets cut in half. So for an individual, you're looking at somewhere between six and seven million probably. These numbers are just adjusted for inflation each year. So we don't know exactly what they'll be yet. But so rather than a married couple having 26 million in 2026, they'll have about 13 to 14 million dollars. So obviously that's going to affect a lot larger number of people, but there will still be many people who are unaffected by those laws. But for those that are affected, as you can imagine, the estate tax is 40% of every dollar that's subject to estate tax. 40% of it is the tax that you pay. So it's a big deal for those that are affected by it. Absolutely. And we're telling everybody that we know that, you know, falls between those numbers or they're higher than that other number that kind of put things off that don't wait to the last minute here because, I mean, I, I don't know how busy we're going to make you, Kyle, but I would assume that, that between now and 2026, it's going to be it's going to be snowed because and, and if you're looking for a good tax attorney, there might not want, be one available at the last minute. So, yeah, we've seen this before uh, where tax the exemptions have changed and gone down or we thought that Congress was going to pass a law to re- reduce the exemption. And so there was a big push at the end of the year to get some of this stuff done and there's only a certain amount of time to do it so definitely there are planning things that you can do between now and 2026 to reduce the impact of the tax changes that are set to occur so I definitely recommend if you're in that between those two numbers or above the 26 million you definitely reach out to somebody who can talk to you about those options absolutely and and I think you know talk why why do people not plan and I feel like I heard someone say today, this just helped us get unstuck. We've just been stuck. And uh, I feel like a lot of people feel that way about their estate plan. They feel stuck and they feel like their decisions are permanent for some reason (laughs) when they put them in. Well, they're not permanent, right? Yeah. I mean, most estate planning documents are subject to change at any time, uh, with the exception of some irrevocable trust and that sort of thing. Most of this can be changed. So when I meet with clients for the first time, we're planning this, we're talking about this as if you might die tomorrow. And so we need to come up with what makes sense for that scenario. But the reality is you're going to live a long time and in 20 years, things will have changed and we can come back and we can revise the documents as necessary to meet those needs. Maybe your family dynamics have changed, kids are older, your estate value has increased or changed dramatically. And so you might need something different at that time. Right. I think that's powerful words because, um, and just perfection. It's like, you just got to have it perfect and then nothing happens. And then, you know, something really bad does happen. We've, we've actually had people procrastinate and, you know, unfortunately there was a death in the midst of that and it was ugly. It could have been 80% better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, most people probably know that the state of Texas and most other states have an estate plan in place for you in their uh, statutes, but that's in some situations, that's not what you want. And just the fact that you don't have a will, for example, if you have to go through uh, estate administration, it's significantly more expensive and complicated when you don't have a will. So definitely having at least something in place 
even if it may not be what you think is perfect, is much better than not doing anything. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, we have went super long on this segment, but it's been good stuff. I really appreciate uh, all the input. Uh, don't miss us when we come back right here on Life Planning 101, Myths and Mistakes of Estate Planning with Mr. Kyle Post. Welcome back to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. Joined today by Mr. Kyle Post, tax attorney that is here in Stephenville, Texas, and he also does work out of Arizona. I've been very grateful for his services and how he's helping a lot of the families that we serve live life on purpose, as we call it, uh, get their planning in order. And uh, I think it's just so important to have that team. And, you know, we always talk about that we're not experts in winning any one area. We are dangerously knowledgeable in a lot of areas. And so we ask a lot of questions. And I'm sure some of the times I ask you a question, Kyle, and you just cringe. Like, why did she ask me that? <laughs> but um, but it's really good to be able to have you on the team. So we, we just greatly appreciate you being here and joining us on Life Planning 101 today. Well, I appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed working with your team. I'll say that as I've gotten to know your group and the things that you do, I think you do a lot more for your clients than many advisors that I know and work with. They should be very grateful for the stuff that you guys do for them. Thank you. Well, it's, it comes from a a place that I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if we did it any other way. So that's just the way of it. But you were giving us some really good food for thought on our last segment, uh, which is great. Got carried away. But you mentioned something about, uh, you know, the state of Texas kind of having a a will for you if, you know, if you die and test it without a will. And I think something that's really surprising to people is what happens to their spouse? Because they may not get everything. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. So depending on the situation with the type of property. So briefly, Texas is a community property state, meaning that generally the assets that you acquire during marriage are considered community property. Anything that you owned prior to marriage or that you inherit during your marriage is considered separate property. And so under the laws of the state of Texas, if you don't have a will, it provides generally that certain people other than your spouse may be entitled to a portion of the assets, depending on whether or not they're community property or separate property. And so if your goal is to leave everything to your spouse, you may not want to leave that up to the laws of Texas because they may not provide for that thing. So having a will in place that provides that would be important in those scenarios. Absolutely. And uh, and vice versa, you taught me something here not too long ago. On uh, let's say we get married older in life, everybody says, "Oh, I'll never get remarried," and then those little lovebirds come out and they they tweet around their heads, and it happens. And so <laughs> now you're you're married to someone, you both have other kids, and uh, you die, and you've lived in your house. What happens? Yeah, this is an interesting one that uh, I've actually been studying because of our discussions. I've been reading a lot more about it, and I've learned a few things about it recently too, which is it's pretty interesting stuff. So under Texas, the Texas Constitution actually and the property code, a surviving spouse has a right to occupy the homestead for the remainder of that spouse's life. So for example, if uh, I owned the home that my second spouse and I live in and I owned it prior to our marriage, that would be considered my separate property. And because we both were older and we had our own assets, we thought, you know what, 
my will is going to leave all of my stuff to my kids and your will will leave all of your stuff to your kids. And then, you know, that makes sense. However, even if my will leaves my home that we've lived in to my children, my surviving spouse would have a right to live in that home for the remainder of her lifetime. Wow. Surprise to your grown children that think they're inheriting your home. So I hope your your dad didn't marry that trophy wife that was 25 years old and younger than you. That's that's shocking to me. It could definitely postpone their enjoyment of that home for the kids. (laughs) Yeah, if they ever see it, you know. So I'm I'm pretty sure Brett is gonna replace me with a younger woman so that it makes sure he gets everything replaced around the place and you know everything is is his food's made, laundry's done, anybody older than me is just gonna look at him and go, ha, ah, I ain't doing that. So, <laughs> um, but I think that's really important for people to know. It's I mean, it's really eye-opening to the fact that you've got to get your plan in place. You have to have things in order and never from a personal belief, spiritual belief, liked prenups. I know that they're needed at times, but I think it's something that definitely needs to be a discussion and uh, probably needs to happen in the first marriage. Yeah, no, I, I, I do see a lot of prenups for people that come into either marriage later in life or they come in, each spouse comes in with substantial assets of their own. And one of the things that's often included in a prenup is a waiver of this occupancy right in the surviving spouse. That way that there's no question that, you know, I'm, my estate plan may leave my home to somebody else and you're taken care of and you don't need to live there anymore. But I will say also that, you know, for a large portion of my clients, this is, doesn't become an issue because generally they do leave everything to the surviving spouse. And so I think this is why this issue doesn't get, much attention as it as it should is because generally people are leaving their stuff to their surviving right. spouse but in some cases that's not what they want and so it's important to be aware of of this law that exists absolutely well when we come back right here on life planning 101 we have a couple more things we want to quiz you over so thank you and uh join us here on life planning 101 and don't miss it Welcome back to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson, joined today by Kyle Post, our pocket tax attorney. If you missed the intro, make sure you go back to the beginning of the show because he really does have a pretty substantial bio, which will be on our weekly life lessons this week, along with um, some great information in this podcast that you can pass along to those people in your family that need to get their estate planning done that you know about. Um, So make sure you visit us online at www.kennedy-financial.com. So we were were talking earlier, you mentioned this about, we were talking about income taxes and estate taxes. Everybody gets this focus on, well, I'm not going to have a taxable estate and they don't think about the income taxes. And then they do this crazy stuff that happens. So what is some of that crazy stuff that happens, Kyle? Yeah, a couple of things. I see this quite a bit and there are really a variety of reasons for it. Uh, Sometimes people are doing it because they are afraid about Medicaid, for example, or wanting to qualify for that or avoid Medicaid estate recovery, or they just want to have somebody who has access to their uh, financial accounts, for example, to be able to go and pay bills and that kind of thing. So they will gift property away before they die. They'll you know, transfer the real estate to the kids. They'll put the kids' names on the bank accounts, for example. And 
when you gift property away during your lifetime, there's a significant uh, negative income tax consequence to the beneficiaries. And it's called uh, a step up in basis occurs when somebody dies and you inherit an asset from them, you generally get a stepped up basis in that asset, which means if I inherit a house from my parents and I wanted to sell that house the very next day after they died, I could sell it and essentially not pay any capital gains tax because I got that stepped up income tax basis. That doesn't apply when you receive a property by gift. So if my parents bought their home 40 years ago and paid $50,000 for it, and it's worth half a million dollars now, if they gift it to me before they die and I try to sell it after they die, I would have to pay capital gains tax on the difference between what they originally paid for it and what I sell it for, which could be substantial. So gifting assets during your lifetime can have a negative income tax uh, consequence to the beneficiaries. Sure, so it's something sure. to take into account. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't make the gift. It just means that you should consider whether that income tax effect will be more important than why you're trying to make the gift. Yep. Think twice. Yep. Think twice. Right. Um, and I think another important thing, you know, we hadn't got into trusts very much today, but there's a lot to be done on trust. I'm almost tempted to say, Kyle, I think we need another show uh, to go over all this. But I think one of the um, you know, a lot of people believe they just need a trust to avoid probate. Um, is that true? Using a living trust or a revocable trust, a revocable living trust, family trust, they have a variety of names is a good way to avoid probate, but it's definitely not the only way. Uh, you can do things like proper beneficiary designations on accounts, right? Those avoid probate also. You can use for real estate, you can use a transfer on death deed for real estate, which also avoids probate. And so I think a lot of Sometimes people are afraid about a state plan because they've read or heard that you must have a trust and they think that that's too complicated or too expensive for them. And so it may be for some people that they don't need a trust. They can just, use, and I do this pretty frequently for people that just have retirement accounts in a home. We can do it without needing a trust in most cases. Right. Well, that's really great information. So Kyle, we're going to have to have you back to talk more about trust. Sounds good. I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we were so excited to have you. Um, I do call you our pocket tax attorney, but your credentials are just amazing. You know, um, I know that LLM degree is a, a big thing and, and we're just, uh, we're lucky. We're blessed to have you here to serve our clients. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for being on the show today with Life Thanks Planning. Thanks for having me, Angela. I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. Join us next week on Life Planning 101. You're not going to want to miss it. And make sure you're tuning in to Black and White Market Chatter each and every week. Uh, these markets just can't make up their mind if they're going up or down. So uh, you definitely want to know what's going on. Tune in to our very own CFA, Aaron Kennedy. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. 
Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.